When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another Zero Ducks Given Daily and we are recording this rather pessimistically at five past twelve on the Saturday on day four of this test because we don't believe there is going to be any play today and we're not very hopeful there's going to be any play tomorrow either. So we decided we would be the first daily podcast episode anywhere in the world. That's what we decided. Because let's be honest, the other podcasts have got more listeners, they're more slick, they're better oiled, they're they're more intelligent, um, they're more interesting, they're more funny. But they, we have they care about got, the truth as well. They care about the truth, Toby. They we, care about they, they get they get bogged down in things like facts. So what can we do to beat them? We can arrive earlier than all of them. That's what we can it's do. It's a scoop. It's a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we decided. So at 12.06, now we've called it. We've said there's going to be no play today. Uh, Daniel Norcross, this is a fucking piss take. I'm sorry. This wonderful Ashes series that has been gripping from the first ball to the last is going to end up with the Aussies cracking open champagne in a changing room at Old Trafford whilst it pisses it down outside. There's been lots of complaining and lots of anger about the fact that none of the Northern Test Grounds have got a test in the 2027 Ashes. This is why. Mm. Do you know what? I don't think I, I'd go further. So apparently mm. they're not happy about the fact there's no Ashes tests north of Nottingham 2027. I wouldn't even go as north as that. I think it should be M25 and lower from now on, because this is yep. if this is going to happen every time we venture past Nottingham, then frankly, I don't want to see test cricket in the north of the country. It's a risk. And also you've got to think about east as well as west. You know, the east is always drier. They should be playing test matches at uh, the Oval, obviously. I mean, Lords, we've got to take Test matches away because of the yobbish way in which their um, their members treated the Australian team. But uh, Essex, Chelmsford, play games at Chelmsford, build a custom-made ground in East Anglia, uh, even Canterbury. Even Canterbury we should play at. We should never, ever go north of of, of Watford, really. It's, uh, it's distressing. They have no care for justice. When I think of the great miscarriages of justice that have happened through the history of humankind, you know, I go all the way back to Sparta winning the Peloponnesian War, obviously at the forefront of everyone's mind, where evil beat good for the first time. Um, Jesus Christ, I mean, what did he do wrong? What did he do wrong? Turn water into wine, and he gets gets crucified for it. Bang out of order. The persecution of the Huguenots, dreadful, dreadful state of affairs. The pogroms, don't get me started on that. Apartheid, Nelson Mandela, the Guildford Four, the Birmingham Six, and now England being denied victory. It's in a long line of miscarriages of justice and people will talk about it forever. But I don't think it'll be put right for at least 20, 30 years. And only then will people put an asterisk next to this series and say, in fact, England won. They won 5-0. They won 10-0 in the moral ashes. They won 30-0. They'll expunge all the previous 5-0 losses that never actually happened. And they'll acknowledge that what happened here 
on in Manchester at roughly three o'clock this afternoon, which is when I imagine they'll call it off. And then at the same time again tomorrow, when this inevitably keeps on raining, will be seen as truly the most tragic. It's a word that's sometimes overused in sport, but on this occasion, I think it is the bon mot, the most used. It is a tragedy what's happened out there. Our brave boys have been denied by the North. And it reminds me of William the Conqueror, actually, and the harrying of the North, the Highland clearances. Uh, it's it's all part of a long line of, of awfulness. And it's as much as I could do this morning to get out of bed without rending my garments and weeping uncontrollably. I think it's great that we're just about holding it together, but it is just about holding it together. And when the woman at the accreditation booth told me that my past didn't work, I, I was almost at that moment going to engage in an act of homicidal fury. I've calmed down. I'm a little bit better. There are some Mr. Kipling's fondant fancies in front of me. Charlotte Swift of the BBC and Anna Rolljoy that sat beside me as we form a kind of comfort group. And um, <laughs> But it's it's scant comfort to think of those evil mountebanks, those curs, those rothers, getting their massive hands on that tiny little trophy and lifting it aloft and singing Waltzing Matilda and whatever else they do and then slaughtering a kangaroo and burning it on a barbecue, waving a wombat round their heads and kicking a koala through some rugby posts. It just it destroys me. Well, it sounds like you're taking it well. It's, uh, it, <laughs> it is bullshit. I'm pissed off. I'm not, as elegant, <laughs> I'm, not as, I'm not as eloquent as you. I'm just pissed off, Daniel. Do you know, <laughs> I, I, you were talking about the great, you know, misjustices of history. And I think about poor Henry Gumpfer, who Ooh. in 1918 was the last man, they reckon, who was killed in the First World War. The armistice was signed at 5 a.m., but in those days it took about six hours for the news to filter to the front line, and he oh. was killed at 10.58, ironically, carrying the message to the front line that the war was No! <laughs> Henry Gumpfer? Yeah. Read up on him. It's a fascinating oh. story. He, um, he'd already been demoted. I think he started the war quite highly ranked, but he got his letters home got intercepted and he was basically writing to people back home saying, this war is horrible. Whatever you do, do not enlist. Do not come here. So they, so they dropped him down so many ranks that he became basically a message boy. And as he was running back and forth, bringing messages between the lines, he was running the message from the back to the front to say the war's over, stop shooting. And he got shot at 10.58 and the war ended at 11. <laughs> so he was, so he was how like this Scott, feels. He was like the Scott Boland of the First World yes. War. He started highly ranked, highly rated, and now he's just left to carry messages out. Only, <laughs> I'm delighted to say, that no one shot Scott Boland at yeah, 10.58. Although, <laughs> although if, if, there's a, if you do have a gun to hand and it keeps raining, I will know who did it. The other person oh. in history that's often considered to be very unlucky, and I completely disagree, is Ronald Wayne. He's the bloke Ooh. who owned 10% of Apple at the start and sold it for $800. And those same shares would now be worth something like $3 trillion. Uh, he sold them for $800. But people will say he's unlucky. No, he's not. He's a fucking idiot, is what he is. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, uh, that, that's, not, that's not unlucky. That's, that's showing a lack of faith. And also, I mean, what do you need, the eight, what do you need $800 for? I mean, if you've got those shares, as well, I'd say that, you might need $800 these days. I could do with $800. <laughs> just to awesome. get me a large enough box of tissues to wipe away awesome. the salt tears of misery 
I don't think you can accuse Ronald Wayne of a lack of faith, seeing as we're recording an end of play podcast at 12 12 now. So I don't think, <laughs> think it'd be very hypocritical of us to accuse anyone of a lack of faith, but here we are. Uh, can, I genuinely... have a quick rant, though? can I have a quick rant, though? Because okay. you see, the thing is, we knew that this was going to happen. We knew because we believe in experts, unlike the uh, UK government. We care for meteorologists who tell us things. And uh, we believe that they'll be right, especially when they're talking about big fronts of rain, right? And I'm hesitant to be critical of our brave boys in the teeth of this misfortune. But if they declared, you know, at lunch, mightn't they have just had that extra bit of time? They wasted an hour. You know, if they get three more wickets yesterday, they get to take an extra half hour. And... With Basball, you can make up the runs. If you only need like 70 runs and there's like a window of six overs to get him in, they'll just tonk them off. See what I mean? And we, I think yeah. we didn't give ourselves a chance yesterday. We didn't believe in the experts. Thomas Schaffernacker will be not rolling in his grave. He's, he's alive, uh, I hope. Uh, I say that it's 12.14 now. He might be, he might have drowned in this <laughs> weather. <laughs> but, uh, assuming Thomas Schaffernacker is not rolling in his grave, he will at least probably be inveigling against people not listening he's like cassandra you know always destined to be uh, a bringer of doom and never believed yeah i mean it's uh i know what you mean i yesterday morning i i, I thought bairstow at the end was absolutely exceptional whether they should have still been batting at that point i did think I know it's insane because a few years ago to talk about test cricket when we're going at five and over for over 100 overs to say that we scored too slowly. But Brooke and Stokes surprised me a little bit in the morning session. I thought go full T20 mode, try and add 140 and 20 overs and then declare. I was surprised they batted as long as they did. I have also, though, been weirdly optimistic. I've been going, oh, the weather forecasts have been nonsense recently. It keeps saying it's going to rain all day and it never does. And then sure enough, what does it do? It rains all day. And I've got tickets for tomorrow. Me and eight mates are going oh. dressed up as bowling pins. We had it all mapped out. And um, and sadly, I, and tomorrow's looking worse. The original consensus was <laughs> Saturday was rain all day, but Sunday's going to be okay. Well, Sunday looked just as bloody bad at the moment. What are you going to do? Are you going to come or what? Well, probably. We're going to get the train up and then we'll probably end up just um, walking around Manchester Northern Quarter dressed as bowling pins, getting drunk, <laughs> I'd imagine. Oh, my <laughs> Well, you'll be a well, target for anybody who's dressed up as a gigantic bowling ball. Well, that was kind of our dream. We were hoping that we would get particularly large members of the Barmy Army to run into us and 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 try and bowl us all over over the course of the over the day in the party <laughs> stand. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So we're just going to have to ask strangers on the streets in Manchester to run into us instead. But mm. I mean, it is genuinely all a bit devastating. Now you're our man on the ground, Daniel. Yeah, it's now twelve fifteen. Is there genuinely? Yep anything happened any chance any glimmer of hope today well i'll tell you what if you, if you want a piece of um test back special commentary i can give it you now so uh hello and welcome to uh to zero dunks given daily uh live from el trafford as i look out uh, across a rather soggy damp and moist scene i see umbrellas i see a portly gentleman away to my left munching on a giant sausage roll uh i see tractors i see more umbrellas i see squeegees and i see water all over these marvellous white covers they've got here at Old Trafford. They're very splendid covers made from the finest British tarpaulin. Uh, the sky is a nasty grey, the sort of grey that an upper middle class family might have thought was fashionable in 2012 and have done their entire kitchen out in it and are now regretting terribly. 
Um, the floodlights are not on. Uh, nobody is doing fucking anything, frankly. It's a state of torpid inertia, and there's no bloody point. Uh, give up hope, all ye who enter. The drizzle continues um, in its merry way, uh, sending its irregular dotages of rain onto the, as I say, most splendid tarpaulins they have here at Old Trafford. And um, there's a couple of people meandering about. Oh, and I see somebody getting monstrously pissed over there uh, next to something that's rather vividly called the bar. So I think we know what that's all about. There's no hope. There is no hope. That was our uh, Ashes Daily podcast. And it was it was nonsense, but it was first. And that's very... It was. Can we, can we just let Eleanor join and, and uh, Charlotte Swift say hello? Hello. How are you? Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they can't hear me. Glad, no, glad they it. can't hear you. They can't hear you, but hopefully we can hear them. Um, yes. That's it. Well, well, have a lovely day. Enjoy your, um, I hope the three of you enjoy your um, comfort group. And uh, hopefully I'll chat to you tomorrow after a famous England victory. If not, I'll give you a shout because I'll be in Manchester and we'll go and get pissed. Dressed as a bowling pin. That'd be great. I've got a spare. You can dress up as well. Thank you. I can't, can't wait. <laughs> right. See you, mate. Enjoy the rest Bye. of your day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.